Let's make a show. We got a show. Make a show for the people. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, Superhero Slate is on lockdown, but we're still covering news for you. throw in that sound effect of a jail cell door closing. It's the same one that every TV drama uses, like... Oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, just like any jury show, you know, like uh, you're going to jail and you get this down. <laughs> But we're not in jail. We're here. We're, we're doing this on our own accord. And we're going to be talking things like the most recent delay for Black Widow, the most recent um, yeah, casualty. The, the hottest news of the quarantine is movie delays. Movie delays and early releases as well. Yes. We'll <laughs> uh, we're casting Ahsoka in The Mandalorian, which I think almost broke the internet this week. Ooh, surprising news. I was going to lead the podcast um, image with uh, with uh, maybe some of the Wonder Woman rumors, or maybe even some of the Spider Man three rumors, but nope, this one this one took the cake. Yep, and we're also enjoying early to digital movie releases. We just talked mm-hmm. about that. That's gonna be awesome and more. Yes, and I've, I've that's been a, a point of pride. Uh, for Chris, because you, you uh, you're a digital you're a digital movie home theater you're you're that type of person. You want the movie on ones and zeros in your own in your own home. So the fact that a lot of this stuff is coming out early, I think, is getting you really excited. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm sad that there's not a longer run, but at the same time, you know, and this is in our notes later. But like, is is it has this model been viable the whole time, Mike? And they've just been holding out on us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to. Well, I mean, this is this is the this is the way to find out. They got no other decisions. Yeah. So, but yeah. So we are. Um, I guess the world at large, mostly. I think probably mostly America right now. We're on a kind of a self-imposed quarantine. Yeah. Um, not all, what? This is some government mandated, but not not nationally at this. Such point. a such a big change from last week. I was trying to me- remember kind of what we talked about, like quarantine wise, last week on the podcast. And I believe the way the world was, or at least the kind of United States was, just like. Please just work from home. If you can work from home, work from home. You know, don't go outside too much. You know, try not to touch people. Everyone, you know, just like, just like, just every, pull everything back a little bit. Wash your and hands. Then just, yes, wash your hands, of course. And then just a week later, especially out here in California, first, uh, since we live out here in L.A., first the mayor came in and said, nope, everybody on lockdown. Don't go outside unless you have to. We're only keeping grocery stores and, like, hospitals open. Uh, everything's canceled. Like, nightclubs, everything. Don't go to bars, restaurants, or delivery and carry out only. And then the uh, the governor of California uh, came in and said, "Yep, we're doing the we're doing the same thing for the entire state. Everybody stay home." And then the former governor of California, Arnold Schwarzenegger, is bringing everyone together on social media because he's like posting uh, he's posting uh, videos from his like I'm guessing it's some sort of uh, zoo that he's built himself because he but has like he two a, donkeys. Did he put a little <laughs> a miniature horse in a headlock? 
<laughs> one of those videos i'm pretty sure so uh, yeah i the, the headlock did make me a little nervous because i'm guessing arnold he's a very strong man but he's a professional strong man so i'm sure he's very he's very aware of his own strength and of course a donkey's neck is much stronger than my own neck itself so i was like he i'm sure he knows what he's doing i'm sure it's not so much of like a a squeeze it's more of just like i'm making a loop that you can't get your head out of right now and mm. be behave if, you, if donkeys are going to live in a house they got to follow our rules yeah <laughs> the, the, Donkeys yeah, on quarantines rules. are going to learn that he, bored humans are very miserable to be around <laughs> yes. very, very quickly. But uh, but long story short, we have been quarantined in, in our place uh, really ever since the, the weekend. It's been, I would say, just over a week for us. So we've only been going to just the grocery store whenever we uh, absolutely have to and to the pharmacy just to pick up prescriptions here and there, which is great because the pharmacy is a great opportunity to scope out uh, toilet paper. That's where we got our first quarantined uh, roll of toilet paper. I was uh, waiting for a prescription to be filled and I saw the lady rolled out from behind. So uh, that's starting to run a little bit low though. When you're home a lot, you do a lot of your, you do a lot of your bathrooming if I had to turn that into a room, yeah. if I had to turn that into a verb that wasn't too disgusting, you do a lot of your bathrooming at home. But, so you go through toilet paper a lot faster. But you're at home, so you can just jump into the shower, Mike. You can just, you know. That is true. If worse comes to worse, you can always just jump, jump in the shower. In the sh- you're right there. You don't have, you mean, you just hop back out. You don't even have to get your hair wet, man. You, yes. You and, you, and you know what? I don't need people yelling at me right now about bidets because people, I have, on top of it, we have a bidet. We've owned it for over two years because I asked for one uh, from my parents for the holidays a few years back. But the problem is, is when you get these bidets that attach to a, an existing toilet, uh, it like raises your toilet seat up. And if you don't have just the right toilet seat, it's like every time you sit on it, like you're descending like two inches of plastic and it like bends it. So like if we ever want to get this bidet to work, we have to like go out we have to research toilet seats and it's already so much work. So we're just sticking the toilet paper right now. I see. I heard from your wife that you were using it as a drinking fountain too much. <laughs> so they had to, she had to take it down and say the toilet well, seat was breaking it. Well, well you know, it's sometimes, you, you know, when you're, when you're down there, when you're uh, Thirsty, you're thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. You're thirsty, you're thirsty. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's a little less severe in, in the Middle West because there's a lot less opportunity to work from home when most of our economy is factories and hourly workers, which is really, really mm-hmm. tragic and a whole different story in and of itself. But I mean, I've been, you know, my, my company's not working from home indefinitely. Um, we're, we're equipped to handle this. It's not a problem. But I've been going in to do work at the office, and I just told Mike this. There's only two of us in the office, usually at any given time right now anyway, on opposite ends of the building, so it's pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, so- and I'm ready to chastise anybody, including you, at a moment's notice. I was grilling you on, like, how far is the only co- co-worker away from you? Where are these uh, Where are these warehouse people? Are they coming in? Don't touch any of those doorknobs. I'm doing the same thing for my wife right now, so <laughs> you got to, you got to, we got to, it takes a village to avoid this virus. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, you know, I, I get in my car, I'm windows up, drive to work, drive back, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, Good. I don't even go out and eat when I'm there. Like I, I don't. I don't want to. I want to avoid restaurants. I want to avoid stores, unless it's a necessity. So yeah. I mean, we're doing it. And honestly, one of the uh, the the dumbest parts about this whole thing, Mike, is and and I, I say this is dumb. Is all again. I mentioned this, the board celebrities are driving me nuts. Oh, gosh, we feel so bad for you and your and your giant uh, uh, mansions and all of the people that you can pay to go out and get stuff for you. Yes, and then like, did you see the Gal Gadot video where they're all singing "Imagine"? 
So it's I've, the I, cringiest thing in the world. I, I luckily have uh, have avoided oh, watching God. it, but I but I am aware of it, and everyone's just like nobody nobody cares. I mean, that's the one thing that I did appreciate about Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's posted two videos, as far as I know. The first one is him basically, literally, and figuratively flexing his lifestyle. Like I have donkeys in my house, and I'm not going outside. But it comes with the message of uh, you are not supposed to go outside either. Let's everyone stay home and beat this virus. And the second one, he's smoking a the biggest, fattest stogie I've ever seen in his hot tub from his backyard. So he's not trying to hide it at all. He knows he's living better than anybody else, but he's not trying to act like he's like downtrodden or anything like that. He's just trying to put the positive vibes out there. So I appreciate that perspective. Like, don't fake it. We all know you're having a good time. What, what these these actors need scripts and directors for them to be successful on video. Don't do it yourself. That's Ooh. what that's what I'm seeing here. Um, so, but I did see the guy who voiced um, Peter B. Parker in uh, Into the Spider Verse. He's doing uh, free calls to kids on. on yeah, his Twitter thing. I believe. So that was really it, cool. um, what is his name? Uh, I think it, I, I think I get his real name confused with his character's name in New Girl. Is Jake it's, something? Jake, uh, yeah, whatever. But yeah, that guy was. I, I thought that was cool. I like. Uh, I like it when people kind of pay it forward because he could be charging 50 bucks on cameo if he really wanted to do that (laughs) yeah so there are good people and there's horrible people like evangeline lily who's not quarantining (laughs) and she's like i'd rather i want my freedom over my corn safety of of people i don't know what she's doing but but like mike said you know once the mcu gets large enough you're eventually hiring crazy people, so yeah. Like there, there's no doubt about it. Once, once, once any sample size of humanity reaches a certain size, you just can't control it. So the MCU eventually was going to get big enough where they start to get uh get some wackos. So uh, yeah, hopefully she's uh she's uh, turned course. I mean, I know we don't really ever talk about Vanessa Hudgens on on this <laughs> podcast, but she's out there saying dumb crazy stuff too. So well, we do uh, actually very frequently, but I just cut it out. <laughs> Final yeah, that's uh, that's right after Mike's anime corner is Chris's uh, Vanessa Hudgens nook. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that gets cut for time. You know, we only have so much bandwidth. Yeah. On well, it, well, the problem is I usually run into my Selena Gomez r- r- running my life segment, and you know, mm. we, we can't do this for three hours for you folks. So I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, true. I have to cut it out. Um, but some celebrities uh, are, who do podcasts are doing their podcast at home, and that's going to lead me to my first thing here. One of our listeners was like. Pointing out, I think it was Jenna Fisher and um, I forget the other lady's name, Angela Kinsey, who do the mm-hmm. the Office podcast. The Office Ladies, yeah. Office Ladies, and they're like, "Well, we're trying to make this work in our houses," and I'm like, "We've been doing this out of like our apartments, <laughs> our whole five and a half years of doing this." Like, yeah, I, I think a hard? lot. Of- yeah, I think a lot of people when they're thinking of like podcasts, the the first maybe the first technical image that pops up in their head is the is a is a soundboard of a certain size. You know, it could be giant the size of like the size of your dining room table if you're like if you're like mastering like an album from like the Rolling Stones or something like that. Or it could be kind of tiny. It can maybe be about the size of your MacBook, but th- I'm here to let you know you don't need that to make a podcast. Now, it it it's really helpful when you have like maybe multiple people in a room, you have different microphones set up and you want to adjust levels but if you're doing this separately from home the biggest advice i could give to anybody would be record your own source audio Mm -hmm. and then just learn how to combine the two pieces together because one of my biggest pet peeves is when there's somebody that i really want to hear from whether it's like a luminary in their industry or maybe it's like an expert who's starting their own podcast but they don't realize that you can't just rely on the recording from the skype app 
the recordings directly from the Skype app, unless you go like third party and you like you're, you uh, you buy a different piece of software, the thing that comes right out of Skype just sounds awful. And then usually they want to see the person that they're talking to. So they're also video chatting, which really degrades the sound quality. So you need to go just straight audio and get it straight from the source. And that's at least how you can get it to, to sound like us. Yeah. And, and again, what our, our initial microphones were what, 50 bucks? Um, that yeah, plugs straight st- into our computers. Yeah, I'm still on my initial microphone. I know you've upgraded, and I have plans in the future to upgrade. But yeah, as of right as of right now, you just need any normal computer that has a USB port, and then like like a fifty dollar microphone. Yes, and then do you have to have a studio? No, oh, absolutely um, not. I'm looking at the inside of my closet right now. <laughs> we, we both started in single bedroom apartments recording mm-hmm. our stuff. Mike is still in a single bedroom apartment recording his thing in his closet. I've been in his stu- studio, I, I'm putting <laughs> air quotes here, when we recorded our um, uh, San Diego Comic Con show. He's got a card table as he talks into the clothes in the, yep. in the closet for, for softening. It's really, it's really not that hard, and we've uh, recorded at least one or two podcasts where I was too lazy to move all my stuff into the bedroom, so you might not even be able to tell the difference. So if you're trying to pick up like a podcast, you know, I, I guess if you have the money to pay a podcast producer, go ahead and do it because people need work right now, and then you'll have, you'll just have an engineer, you'll have somebody else that can deal with all the audio struggles. That's great, but if you're just, a, if you just need something to do during this quarantine, you do not need a bunch of fancy stuff. Exactly, and and all that stuff you can order on. Amazon and get delivered to your house or do the well, best buy I think is doing curbside pickup for items contactless uh, yeah. I think that I don't know what they're doing I like I imagine that there's just like an employee on the inside like holding binoculars and then you like through like an app or an email you come up with some sort of secret hand signal it's like yep that's the hand signal chuck the TV out on the curb uh, that's yours go grab it before somebody else sneaks yeah. in and swoops it away <laughs> I imagine it's like the the Uber apps. Your phone glows green and like, oh, we have green over there. We need to take a, the the put the order. Oh, down. yeah, that's actually a smart idea. I was just trying to be a, a jackass, but that's yeah. a good idea. No, not you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and also like, I'm, I'm recording in my my little what I call my studio with my pop vinyls for sound uh-huh. um, thing. But honestly, as long as you don't have a big open room and you're not recording in your great hall, uh, I think you can be fine uh, recording your audio. Just staying close to your microphone, adding a pop filter. We I think we both have pop filters, right? Uh-huh. Uh Very important, and um, you can really do a podcast for minimal $50 and there are free uh, software free apps out there um, I'm, I'm blanking on the one we use for work that we don't pay for um, because it's free and it just, you just record into it and it uploads and uh, you can get to go to Skype not Skype I'm sorry iTunes and, and Spotify uh, for it's, free as it- well it's nothing but a Google search away, Chris. But the best thing about a podcast and the number one thing that everybody needs to do when they start one is stay consistent. Pick a day, uh, pick a time frame, and just keep it consistent because that's what your uh, that's what your listeners want. And that segues into something that we were chatting about before we started recording. I have lost all frame of reference for days and times, and the only thing I know is Sundays is podcast day. So I'm thankful to have this podcast so it can anchor me to to technically the end of the weekend, the beginning of the week. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad I have it, Chris. Yeah, exactly. And now we, we kind of know, like, hey, what's your day look like? And we're like, uh, really nothing. Nothing at all right now. <laughs> Usually uh, we pick Sundays because it's a relatively free day for us. And uh, the, <laughs> I thought it was funny. Like, oh, I'm, I bet Chris is ready to record right now. And then he's like, no, I'm installing like a light bulb. And I was like, Chris, we're quarantined. You're not <laughs> supposed to be doing anything right now. Get well, on this podcast. I'm quarantined, me. sir. I'm not installing somebody else's light pictures. <laughs> Um, but I was, I was putting one in for my, my pop vinyl and movies and video game area. So, um, 
Yeah, but yeah, Chris, I've, I've never been to your house, but I imagine uh, when I do get the opportunity to one day, I'm going to walk in and every room is going to be a different color because I feel like every time I hear about your home automation uh, projects, like, oh, I put a new different colored light bulb in here and this one syncs up to this. And I feel like it'll be a whole visual experience walking through your walking through the tour of your house. You know, and that gives me enough time to plan out a, hey, Alexa, turn on the mic uh, Chris, <laughs> you just messed with everybody. Hopefully nobody was listening to this podcast on a speaker right yeah. now. You just triggered a lot of stuff. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but yeah, anyway, to answer that question, podcasting at home is the easiest thing that we have been doing for a minimum of 265 news episodes and 50 plus review episodes. Uh-huh. And um, really, I think, again, Mike nailed at the end, you have to keep a schedule. You have to keep it regimented. This is this is a hobby for us, but we treat it like a job, I think, Mike. You know, I mean, the yep. ink, ink product is something we're proud of, and we do it every week the same way over and over again. So that answers that question. Uh, however, uh, Mike, uh, something that, that that's very going to help you be scheduled right now is some TV shows are starting to come back on TV. Oh, yes. There is, so much, there is so much time to stream, Chris. There's so much time to stream. But this one's on a, a week-by-week schedule, Mike, which is what you hate the most in the world uh, when it comes <laughs> to, to t- watching TV. Um, but Westworld is back, and um, you just uh, recently got caught up on finally on season two. Oh, yes. And I've promised I won't do any season three spoilers because, Chris, you've told me you haven't had a chance yes. to watch the first episode. Uh, so you'll have a great back-to-back uh, viewing tonight because I believe episode two airs tonight. Uh, yeah, the Westworld has been an interesting experience in our household because this is uh, kind of we're in like the prestige landscape now with television where it's getting so expensive and so uh, tenuous to make these shows that they air like every other year now, kind of like Stranger Things does. So we watched the first season of Westworld, which seems like it was 30 years ago, and uh, it was great. We loved it. We watched it every week, and then season two started, and we kind of fell off after about the third episode. Uh, It was kind of moving a little bit slow at the beginning of season two. It just wasn't as, um, I would say it's not, it wasn't as intriguing as and mysterious as it used to be so we kind of fell off when that was airing i believe in 2018 yeah so we're like hey we got the time let's go back watch season two because season three is starting to premiere so we caught up from season four we binged it all in a couple days i forgot that these westworld episodes they're hbo drama hour-long shows which means they are 60 minutes long so it's a lot to bite off but luckily uh we've been uh We've been boarded up in the apartment, so yes, we watched uh, season two, and it was it was a great ride. I loved uh, binging them back and forth. It was just uh, it was like mainlining this uh, crazy Westworld again. And uh, man, I wish I could talk about season three. You've seen the trailer though, right? So yeah. you, like you kind of know where they're going. Yeah. So I, I've been I'm very intrigued with the aesthetic of the world that they're setting up for, for season three. So I'll leave it there. It kind of feels like, um, it kind of feels like you're almost going into a different show, but you have this insane two season backstory on like the main villain, you know? So it's this interesting concept of very curious where it's going to go. So Chris, I'm looking forward to maybe talking about maybe the first two episodes, maybe next week on the podcast. Yeah, we can do that. I mean, what I did actually, I don't know if I told you this. I was able to catch up to Clone Wars, and I am on the most recent episodes. I'm all hey, caught up. Hey, look at you. And I will tell you, the first um, the first arc of, of this new season, fantastic. Some oh, cool. of my favorite episodes of the show, Mike. I'm very excited for you to get there as well. So, 
Uh, you have to, to give me that. But also, instead of just binging things while we're down, we can play video games uh, very easily. I think there's been an uptake in video games. Really yeah, the world. We're not we're not talking. What's that? What's that one that just came out? Animal Crossing. We're not. People, but... <laughs> well, we don't have we don't have switches. If I had one, I, I think do. I would uh, I would give it a I would give it a try. My timeline, my Twitter timeline is infatuated with this game. Uh, I believe last week we played the Final Fantasy VII demo and we yep. we chatted about it a little bit on the show. Uh, what have you been playing, Chris? I um have been mostly playing Fortnite to be honest. Um, <laughs> I I've got four I got four wins yesterday with a. Uh, uh, listener to the show, Adam Nemec, whose birthday is today. Happy birthday, Adam. Hey, happy um, birthday. We got four wins in, in, in Fortnite, which is unheard of. Three back-to-back. Uh, but also, I downloaded the new Call of Duty Warzone game. Do you know why? Why, Chris? Because it's free. Um, not because I'm a Call of Duty fan. And, uh, <laughs> it, it takes a little bit of getting used to, but I played it with friend of the show, Quentin Parker, and uh, your, your guys' other friend, uh, Javier. Uh, mm-hmm. And we all got together because you have a three-man thing, and we played it. And me and Quentin got the first the first game we played together was a win as well, which was a you know, ride that high the rest of the night. We were at so, like 3 a.m. So, uh, so two questions. Yes. Uh, question number one. Uh, is is this a, a most is this a recent Call of Duty that's been turned free, or is this like a slightly older version this, that's been given away for free? This is a brand new battle royale version of Call of Duty. Uh, okay, so they stripped the story out. They're kind of going for that Fortnite market or Apex Legends market. Yeah, the the battle royale, the free to play, but buy the season pass and buy skins, and you know cosmetics approach. Gotcha. Um, okay, and it's got. All the portions of the map are actually classic multiplayer maps from Call of Duty that have been merged together into one map. So, oh, so cool. some of the places may look familiar because oh, so it's were... like a gigantic map. It's one big circle. Yes. Whoa! That okay? That actually really intrigues me because that means like they're not just taking a part of the game and throwing it online for free. They've actually kind of innovated on it. So yep. my second question was, uh, I th- I think I saw you guys talking about this a little bit in the group chat that we have. Did somebody mention like cross-platform play? Yes. One of the biggest things, you know, with Fortnite and um, I don't think Apex Legends has or not, but like a lot of more recent games that are free to play that are huge like this are cross-platform capable. So we were talking last night about how much you would hate this game, Mike. Um, be, be, why, why would I hate this game? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We, I was just joking. Um, but like, you could play on your PlayStation, and we would be on our Xboxes and be able to play with each other. Oh, hey, let, let give me an invite next time. Now, now that I know I can play it with you guys, I'd like to give it a shot. Yeah. Well, you go ahead and download it and jump it in there. But cross-platform, I think, is going to be the huge thing in video games. That we're not going to talk about it this week. I bit that PlayStation Five and Xbox four or whatever specs were released this week as well and they're like who's gonna win the console war <laughs> it doesn't matter it's- that th- this should be a, this should be a good heads up uh, for everybody in general uh with uh with the quarantine kind of shutting down hollywood in general once we kind of get over this initial wave of movie delays and early movie releases we might see a little less news than that we would usually get at the beginning of the summer so we might be talking a little bit more about other nerdy things like video games and consoles and maybe i iPads with weird keyboard cases, but uh, uh, we assure you, we're going to give you all the news that we absolutely can. (laughs) Things we normally talk about in our group chats that we don't bring up in the show will start making their way into the show. But we guarantee you there'll be enthusiasm there to the same level, for sure. Exactly. Tons of enthusiasm and lots of opinions. That we can guarantee. 
Uh, but you got another demo this week on your PlayStation oh, you've been playing. And, uh, yes, I, I didn't need to ramp up my anxiety uh, anymore, but I decided it'd be a good idea to try this Resident Evil 3 ooh, remake demo. And that's the one with Nemesis, right? Yes. Okay. I, now, I, I've never... The only classic Resident Evil games that I've played before the GameCube one, which was... That's RE4, correct? Uh, uh, yeah, Where yeah. you're playing Leon. Leon. Uh, with the, and that, did the, the, that one did like the kind of the... The hillbilly country yeah, the, level, yeah, yeah, the kind of like Eastern Europe uh, virus or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the only other classic Resident Evil game that I really played at any length at all was the very first Resident Evil. So I never played two, which was remade what like last year. Uh, yeah. And I didn't really play that, so you know I'll, I'll give this third one a try. I got the time, and it's very stressful, like Resident Evil games should be. I had to go in the menu. I turned up the brightness a little bit because I didn't want it too dark. That's a little too scary for me. And then I had to turn down the music sound effects a little bit because I was like, I don't need this creepy music just pounding through the background of this game, just scaring the crap out of me. So first I turned it down all the way, and I was like, oh no, it's too quiet. I kind of need that little creepy music just a little bit to kind of add a little bit of atmosphere. Uh-huh. Um, so I was making it through the game. Uh, there's not a whole lot to do in the demo. Uh, the kind of your main goal is to get a fire hose, and then to uh, there's an unlockable weapon that you have to get by cutting a chain to get the shotgun. So I was like, oh, I really want to get this shotgun. I feel like I'm going to need it. And also, I want to get the most out of this demo as uh, possible. So I couldn't find the, the bolt cutters to save my life, but I accidentally triggered uh, Nemesis, which is when you get yeah. towards the end of the video game. And I was like, oh, crap, I heard about this guy. He's literally chasing me everywhere. And I was like, like, oh, I'll just run into this. I'll run into this like little apartment real quick. He won't be able to open a door. Nope, he opens the door. And then there's like two zombies in there. I'm like, oh my god! And I'm like running for my life. I barely get out of there just in time. I haven't explored enough of the area, so I don't really know where to go or what to do. So he just like kills me, and I'm just like, nope, that's it. I'm just gonna go on the internet. I'm gonna watch Markiplier play this game. A lot less stressful. So I got to experience the rest of the game that I didn't get to see, but. Man, I had this naive idea of possibly downloading the Resident Evil 2 remake uh, because it's on sale. There's a lot of video games on sale right now digitally yeah. uh, out there. So like, oh, maybe I'll get that one. That'll be a little bit more... Uh, little bit, less stress-inducing? Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be just as stress-inducing. So I think what I'm going to do, I think my plan moving forward with video games is uh, the first Doom that just got a sequel earlier this week uh, yep. is on sale for like $10.00. And even though that is kind of demon esque, it's more more it's more of oh, a gruesome action game. It's a great experience, Mike. I, I I didn't think much of it when I got it. Um, I think it was like um maybe one of those monthly subscriptions or whatever I got for free or whenever I got to mm-hmm. play it. I had a great time with Doom, uh, the the more recent remake, not not the one that came out this week, but the other one. So mm-hmm. I think you'll have a have a good time as well. It's got some replayability to go find hidden stuff as well, um, which I I really enjoy. Now, if you really want to pee your pants, Mike, you need to pick up Resident <laughs> Evil Seven and put it on your VR. Oh, uh, I thought you were about to segue into the into the next little topic we have here. No, like, no, oh, no, wow, Chris. No, we're I gonna know uh, that was so scary. Well, for you. <laughs> I'm gonna work my way from VR to that. Okay, okay, Mike, I had a okay. plan here, but gotcha. Resident Evil Seven will make you pee yourself if you're playing it uh, in VR. Well. Mode. Uh, it, I, I think I talk about it on the show every once in a while. I'm, I'm a fan of watching uh, Let's Plays and long playthroughs. So I've seen the Resident Evil 7 playthrough, uh, VR and just like normal uh, straight through the way. But yeah, that game is terrifying even just to watch. Yeah. I picked hillbillies up... are terrifying in any way you get them. Yeah, I know. I know. Swamps. I lo- swamps. I lo- hillbillies. I live oh. in Kentucky. I can hear the banjos from my house. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But... 
you know, what's great about VR is, you know, it's giving me a chance to go play some games or relive experiences without really leaving my house, Mike. Uh-huh. But while, uh, you know, you other people may not have a VR system, you can make your own Disneyland experience, uh, <laughs> as this tweet that we have in our show notes here about um, Pirates. It's kind of a Pirates of the Caribbean ride, isn't it? All the way yeah, through. Yeah, it's a, uh, a lot of people stuck in their home, living the hashtag quarantine life, if you will. And uh, one of the last things to kind of get canceled before everything shut down here in California was Disneyland. I'm not really sure about Disney World. I don't really know what's going on with the Florida park right now. I, th- I think it's closed uh, as well. Yeah, Florida's uh, Florida's getting a lot of uh, a lot of news headlines in the last couple of weeks, which is you know not out of the ordinary for Florida in general. But at least out here on the West Coast, Disneyland is closed, and one of the more popular rides is Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a very laid back ride, not really a lot of scares or spooks. It's more of just like a visual experience. So uh, we've we've linked to a, a funny tweet in the show notes that with somebody like doing like a home homegrown Pirates of the Caribbean ride. I think they're basically just pulling a sled through their house and recreating some of the attractions. Um, uh, I saw another one recently. I don't know if it's the same people, but somebody else has also done the Haunted Mansion. So I just, uh, the, the quarantine life is really uh, putting a lot of funny uh, tweets and memes out there on the internet. So uh, that's one positive from the quarantine is I get to see people recreate Pirates of the Caribbean. A lot, a lot of creative energy focusing in other yeah. places. You know, another really good segue you could have done, Chris, is uh, the banjo. We were talking about yeah, banjos yeah. and rednecks and RE7. There's a there's a banjo that kind of kicks off the ride for Pirates of the Caribbean at, at Disney parks. Well, so Well, there you you, there's only one thing scarier than banjo sounds. And that's Sean Bean. <laughs> there you go. I'm that trying to tie it into your next segue. thing for you here because yeah, I'm like, how I, do I tie I, into this movie? Yeah, this is. I think this is our last little riffraff topic up here at the top of the show. One thing that's been comforting during this whole process, which is very surprising, is just going on Wikipedia and reading everything that I can about uh, the bubonic plague or the Black Death, if you will. Because if you feel like the coronavirus is scaring you a little bit, which, you know, it should, you know, it is very lethal for certain parts of the population. You need to do your best not to be spreading the the virus to um, to uh, at-risk people. So you absolutely need to stay home. You need to wash your hands. But if you just want to put things in context a little bit, you know, forget about this whole flu statistic that people start keep throwing around. Go and read about the bubonic plague, which had a mortality rate anywhere between like 80 to 95 percent, and it would kill you in eight days. Uh, this thing like ravaged uh, 1300s uh, Europe and other parts of the world, and I was reading all about it, and it was very scary but very interesting. Uh, I think the craziest thing about it is the symptoms are very visual. There was like boils on people. There their skin was falling off. I mean, extremely graphic. So the first thing I thought of is, man, I really want to watch a movie that was kind of set in this time. I just want to see maybe how a director or a writer would kind of handle this. So obviously you do what you do is you go on Google and you search for movies that happened during the bubonic plague. And the only one that I could really find that had any sort of like credence or any sort of credits or any sort of like backbone to it is this movie that came out in 2010 called Black Death. Very brutal. Um, I was surprised to see that um, Sean Bean is in it, along with um, Eddie Redmayne. He plays like a monk. Now, I haven't watched the movie yet, because one thing that's incredibly frustrating about the streaming landscape is that, like, not everything is streaming, but usually there's this 
part in the back of everybody's brain that goes, if it's a niche enough movie that nobody cares about and nobody has ever seen, it probably is streaming for free somewhere. And I, all I wanted to say is I wanted to complain on the podcast because when you have a podcast, it's a great tool. It's a great avenue to have to be an outlet. So I'll complain to everybody here real quick is why isn't this movie that I've never heard of made in 2010, Black Death, which I'm sure did not have a very good box office return. Why is the only place I can stream it is a place called Hoopla and another place with ad support. I think it's Popcorn Flicks or something like that. Like this is this is unconscionable. This is a movie that is just ripe to be streaming on Amazon Prime or even like Netflix. It's a Sean Bean delivered movie. Hell, Sean Bean has a lot of a uh, he has a lot of um, a lot of good uh, will over at HBO. Why isn't this streaming on HBO? I want to watch this movie about the bubonic plague with Eddie, Eddie Redmayne and Sean Bean, and I just can't do it. So, you know, that's my little complaining corner right now. Uh, if anybody has seen this movie, it, uh, technically it's considered uh, fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, I, I want to know what's going on with the world, Chris. Uh, why can't I stream this movie that will uh, entune me a well, little bit more with, uh, with plagues? Well, I looked into it, and, you know, you've got um... – the Ned Stark and then the the lady who played Melisandre in the both of them in Game of Thrones in this movie is the leads. Man, you remember Melisandre, the Red Witch? I just, yeah, I just I just can't, I just can't understand why I can't watch it right now. So well, be, be, because, my... because they're big actors, they win Game of Thrones. <sighs> they're, they're hoarding this movie to themselves. Just go watch. Hoop, I know. Watch it on Hoopla. Uh, <laughs> Hoopla. Do you remember Crackle? We had this conversation last. Oh, night about Crackle, Crackle, Sony's old streaming service. Yeah, we uh. Uh, your uh, Javier brought it up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Crackle." <laughs> I get it mixed with confused with Epics now because you know they've got that popular streaming show um, Pennyworth on there. That I've been <laughs> before, so, um, yeah. All right, Mike. Let's get on to the news. Let's. This is time. I got no. I got no segues. Black Widow uh, has been indefinitely delayed from theaters. Sadly, I thought this was safe. I thought it was in the May zone, which is throwing my days off because I don't think we're in the back half of March. I think we're in April. Whenever I think the release <laughs> delay, um, we're not sure when it'll hit the theaters. However, a lot of people were like, "Will this affect the Marvel Cinematic Universe release order going forward?" You know, hmm. is something that's tied into the next movie into the next movie. Well, n- knowing that Black Widow is a prequel, I do not think it will affect anything. And most other people seem to agree that th- this movie can be re- pretty much released whenever, and it does not affect anything immediately i think the only big lingering question is we've talked about this on the show before where you know we think that they might introduce a character in black widow that may move forward within the mcu who knows if it's a character that we've seen in the trailer or not it maybe taskmaster dies maybe it doesn't there could be a character that does move forward that might need to be pre-established in this movie but the only thing that we have in front of it within the next calendar year is we have falcon and the winter soldier Um, we have uh, WandaVision. WandaVision, that'll be towards the, the, the back part of the year. And then we have the Eternals. Yep. I can't imagine that Black Widow dovetails into the Eternals that much. Uh, I would be more worried about Falcon and the Winter Soldier because these are kind of more boots-to-the-ground type of characters. Uh, But if it's being delayed, I would imagine they want to put it out before their next MCU film. So we could maybe be seeing a new box office record, maybe setting month. Like if Black Widow maybe gets moved to like August or maybe if it gets moved to like October or September. Put it up against Morbius. (laughs) Yes, if it gets pushed in one of these like months where usually we don't see a big Marvel movie, we could it could end up being a good headline for them. Where it's like, oh, biggest uh, biggest uh, release in September of all time because they had to move it to September. That could be a possibility. But I mean, 
we've seen smaller movies move, which makes sense. But like Black Widow, that was that's never going to be a movie that's going to go straight to uh, uh, video on demand. That's something that can be delayed. So the only good thing is, is we could be watching uh, Black Widow one month. The next month we could be watching uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then not too long to wait, we could have like kind of four months in a row of Marvel content. That could be kind of cool. Yeah, or or more. Because if Black, I mean, those Marvel shows are, are what, two months apiece. I mean, mm-hmm. we could have a, a week with off, or we, a week doing this all the way through here. And, um, yeah, on topic in a second, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some other opportunities here for, for some of their shows. Um, but as a whole, um, sadly, uh, you know, for everyone, you know, in, in the entertainment industry, Marvel Studios is essentially on indefinite hiatus. Um, it was supposed to be a two-week break for everything. Now it's looking more like four or plus, depending on the state of the... I guess um, the union really uh, anywhere around the globe based on the, the COVID-19 stuff. So, yeah, um, I mean, this is kind of a, a, a cool opportunity for the animation industry, which uh, is one of the few pieces of content that can be made working from home uh, because you don't need to get a whole bunch of actors in a studio to film. You don't need a huge crew there. You don't need somebody holding a microphone behind a camera and stuff like that. There's still plenty of people that do need to be involved to make an animated show because it's probably one of the more collaborative mediums here in Hollywood. Hollywood. But the great thing is, is I follow quite a few uh, animation artists on Twitter. And guess what? They're working from home. They're not on hiatus. Uh, Netflix Animation Studio is uh, using a bunch of money to set a lot of people up at home. People are getting their, uh, you know, drawing tablets. People, a lot of people are sharing their at home workstations. So this could be a cool little surge in the entertainment industry for just animation in general. And I think Marvel, that'd be a great opportunity for them to lean into it. Uh, they have their what if show coming out. Uh, it's not this year, unfortunately, uh, but I got to imagine they could keep production on season two of that going. Um, they have a lot of Disney XD type of shows. I wonder if maybe some of those will keep getting produced. Uh, I would love to see some maybe more direct to video um, movies from Marvel because really DC is the only one doing that right now. So that would be really cool to see so if all the live action stuff has to be on pause right now maybe in about a year since uh animation takes a lot of time to produce maybe in 2021 or 2022 we'll see this gigantic influx of animation just from every studio out there i would love to see spider ham short stories some more of those oh yeah we kept we kept hearing about that 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 could possibly be uh an animated series but maybe this is the time to dust it off yeah any 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 uh anyone pitching animated ideas right now is probably getting hurt a lot more than a live action people so that's 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 the thing but sorry that you know all the tv shows that are falcon winter soldier loki wandavision um shang chi uh, I think Eternals was still filming, and then um, I don't think they've gotten into Spider-Man yet. So I think those are the only ones in production that are on hold. However, in this time of things are getting moved around, guess what? There's an opportunity here for the long-forgotten show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, wow. To be moved did, forward. You're right, Chris. I did forget about this show. So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been done filming for months. They've, they've, they've not been making any more, doing any pickup shots, whatever. The offices, uh, per reports, have also been disbanded. Like, all the effects are done, right? Everything is... Uh-huh. The show's just sitting, waiting to come out. I believe it's on... Is it on Hulu? Um, is where the last one came out at? Was Hulu? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, or, or Disney Plus for this season. Uh, could Disney Plus shift this around in the schedule and give us some Marvel content in April, May, June 
of where this show could go rather than wait till later summer to release it like they originally planned. I mean, you might as well, like, you know, like everyone says is we're in a streaming war right now, but as of right now, there seems to be kind of like this, um, there seems to be like this secret war, uh, pun intended, uh, going on between the streaming services of like, oh, well, what secret cards do we have under our sleeves? And Disney's like, oh, bam, I'm going to put all this stuff out early. Then you have, uh, you have other streaming services that are like throwing out their little guns. So everybody kind of has their own little upper hand advantage when it comes to just delivering the content straight into your home. So there's fun stuff happening here. There's a very interesting time to be a streaming service uh, because Disney has all these flexes that they can do. Bam, we'll put Frozen out early. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll put Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which uh, was airing on Hulu, but bam, we're going to put it on Disney Plus now. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, since it's done, they're not waiting for anything. It's just floating in, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the servers right now. Uh, we'll just open it up early and, and they can be like, well, here to help you during your time, here's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. early, and here's what it really looked like in the 20s, because I think they go back in the past in this one. Um, so I think I think there's really an opportunity for them to do so if they wanted to, and then also get your Marvel content while Black Widow is down, um, mm-hmm. down the road a little bit more. So I, I'm, I'm going to cross my fingers. Hellstrom is a rap production under the wire, Mike. I, I mean, if, if any show was going to be, you know, can completely because of this Hellstrom was going to be it uh, but they have wrapped season one on, on the Hulu series um, the main actor I think posted that he was done and then they had to delete it so I something tells me that maybe you know there might be something going on with this show that we don't know about yet um, very 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 strange time to be working on any sort of a X-Men adjacent projects well um, well this is I wouldn't say X-Men this is Jeff Loeb averse so these, these he deals with demons and stuff he's not a mutant but uh, it's just, is he, is this, uh, you know, what are they going to do with this show? Where's it going to go? Um, is it going to be one of those surprise drops later this summer that they just don't market? They just like, and Hellstrom's here today. <laughs> Will it get a season two pending Kevin Feige's no. approval? That's no. the biggest question. It's not a big, it's not a question. It will not. <laughs> we know this. Uh, if it has Jeff Loeb anywhere on it as a EP, it's done for after this point. Uh, but you know, Hellstrom would be the last remnant of the the Lobaverse, I guess, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it's just done. Uh, speaking of X Men, though, New Mutants can uh, not can, but delayed again. Uh, but Josh Boone this week said that uh, in terms of the quality of the movie, he's like it can only go up from Dark Phoenix, which I was like. Jam. Yeah, throw in shade. I got to imagine that Josh Boone has just mentally detached himself from this movie by now. Having your release date shifted four different times. I went and I checked out his IMDb the other week because we couldn't quite remember who directed this movie. I mean, don't blame us too much, but he's moved on to other things. I think he's directing some like prestige, like streaming service titles or stuff now. So I think he's just moved past the new mutants in his life. He's got to know in the back of his head that more than likely he's not going to be continuing with this cast of characters uh, I mean maybe there's a chance he could always be folded into an MCU movie along the lines if maybe Feige likes the way that he kind of just put the elements together we could maybe see him direct like I don't know like Ant-Man 4 or something like that who knows what he could do in the future with Marvel but I just gotta imagine he just doesn't care anymore he's totally fine with like throwing shots at Fox's old uh, Dark Phoenix film um, but I thought Uh, What I read was this was on the heels of some possible early negative reviews of the movie. So I don't know who has had a chance to see the movie already. I've I've not heard any of that. I just heard his his, he was talking to people. I think he was doing rounds for his other film um, that's coming out this year. What was his other one? The, The Stand 
or mm-hmm. it's a miniseries, yeah. So I thought he was doing rounds for it, and it was just t- people were asking like what he thought about. It. But I mean, he filmed this o- almost three years ago, um, in 2017. So no one, uh, I, if anyone remembers filming it, I'll be impressed at this point. Yeah. So. I mean, if any movie was just teed up perfectly to be released digitally i mean this is it we already talked about the possibility of this being dumped on a streaming service without ever hitting the theaters before even a quarantine was ever a possibility so i just feel like now is like just the perfect time just get it out there have the people watch it you'll get your headlines that you really want because i feel like no matter what you're not going to get the box office return that you want on this the only thing that makes me think it's not happening is even though disney does own Fox. Maybe there's some sort of contractual obligation written into that deal that like all the movies that we have in production right now that Fox has started must be released in theaters because I have a feeling that there's probably people that are shareholded into that movie that it's just like, oh, no, no, no. I made a contract to be in this movie or work on this movie strictly based on like box office returns. So I only got paid X Mm -hmm. amount expecting to see box office percentage in my wallet. So if maybe there's a stipulation in that contract, maybe Disney can buy them out directly, but it just seems like their hands are tied at this point and they just have to put it in theaters. Well, I also think, I, I mean, I, I disagree. I think they can make some money from this. I think X-Men and the mutant thing, whether we agree or not, we're in this every day. The average person will probably watch this and never associate it with Marvel at all. Uh, the people who, who are you're either in the know or you're not in the know. And some of those people are like, Oh, why is Superman not in the Avengers? We don't want to talk to those people, Mike. Um, but but at the same time, I think New Mutants has an opportunity to make some money at the box office to essentially just even itself out. Now, will it have an, like, a long run in the theaters? Probably not. This is one of those movies who could do like a month in and then boom, be on digital a month later, right? They're loading this into the servers right now to, 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 to hit play. <laughs> but I mean, it's going to have like a month and it's going to make some money in that first month. But I think it's going to be a short turnaround. To where we're yeah. watching it. Uh-huh. I mean, hope, hopefully the budget wasn't too inflated on New Mutants. I just looked at the budget for Dark Phoenix, $200 million, yeah, and, but, world, no. and worldwide it only made 250 So that already meant it lost money because on top of marketing, and I don't even know if reshoots are included in that Dark Phoenix $200 million budget. So, uh, but, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do a, uh, do a long shot here and search New Mutants budget and... Well, I will tell, uh, I will tell you, Dark yeah, Phoenix really has there. a lot of problems. I guarantee you, New Mutants was shot on a low budget. I mean, just by looking at it, you know, they, they, there's no big. They don't have a big bad actor as a villain. I think like the, the the biggest actor at the time this was filmed was Maisie Williams, right? And then followed closely by Anya Taylor Joy off of her movie Split um, around that time. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, if, if it was gonna be expensive, I think they would have. Uh, cast a big bad as the villain like they the sequel was going to be with um well antonio banderas we talked about last week so mm-hmm. i just I, this is gonna hit theaters but I, I just don't think it'll be the i think it'll be a quick turnaround I, and i think they'll they'll be then that'll be the last we we hear of it they'll go have the x-men fox x-men bundle and that'll be it but you mentioned dark phoenix it's funny people are discovering dark phoenix for the first time <laughs> this week and it's uh-huh. trending on twitter i don't know if you those, saw this those poor souls (laughs) because it's on hbo and they don't have to pay for it so um it's not good it's not a good movie no no people (laughs) are like what the hell's going on like the the most interesting part was when the dog started barking at the beginning and this guy's like my dog started barking that wondering what happened to that dog (laughs) um and there are a couple cool action scenes but that's nothing to save this movie yeah i mean i yeah i can't the 
I mean, at least in if you go back to Apocalypse, at least you got some. At least you got a halfway decent Quicksilver scene. Uh-huh. Uh, you got to see some kind of interesting '80s aesthetics with the X Men. There was but, the Wolverine yeah. thing where he actually yeah. wore the comic books. There's like two YouTube scenes out of that movie that are really good. Yes, totally these easy. are very YouTubeable movies. That's for sure. But Dark Phoenix doesn't. Um, again, I, th- I think it's the actor. I don't like Sophie Turner. She plays the same character in this in Game of Thrones and it's very mm-hmm. obnoxious. Um, there was nothing that was going to save this, sadly. Um, but, you know, I'm looking at this is a, a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes, man. That's one star out Yikes. of their five stars. Like, yeah, by one. Googling it, I learned, because you know how like Google like pulls in some of that information they give you a card yeah. to kind of just sum up everything? If you search Dark Phoenix, they'll give you a, this, little, uh, this little column under the bomb report, and I can only assume that's for movies that have bombed at the box office, so uh, it's unfortunate for Dark Phoenix. Yeah, no, it's not. It deserved it. Should have quit while you were ahead. Don't do the Dark Phoenix twice, Simon Kinberg. <laughs> Get out of there. But anyway, it's trending on Twitter if you want to know why it's because it's on HBO, so if you didn't want to pay for it and you didn't watch it, you can go catch it on HBO, but do something else while you're watching it. You'll probably enjoy it better. The biggest news this week, I think this caught everybody off guard, man. I think I think this report is blowing people's minds. Uh, oh, wow. Rosario Dawson, you may know her from uh, playing uh, in Daredevil and, and The uh-huh. Defenders, has been cast as fan favorite Ahsoka Tano in season two of The Mandalorian. Whoa. This blew me out of the water. I think mainly because I was not expecting big Hollywood news anytime soon yeah. uh, during this uh, pandemic, but I guess casting is definitely news that can make it through uh, a quarantine. So, yeah, this is this is huge. This is a big deal. I think the, the biggest rumor floating around Rosario Dawson before this was maybe she could possibly be She-Hulk in the She-Hulk series. So since now she is kind of being tied up in a another Disney property, I can only assume that those rumors have now been kind of put well, to bed. Because um, usually they don't do cross-casting well, a lot in the in the Disney universe. She probably had an envelope that said Disney Plus on it, and someone thought She-Hulk instead of Ahsoka, because Ahsoka's uh, never maybe. been brought to life before. Um, yeah. The only time, again, she's been in the Clone Wars, she's been in Star Wars Rebels, and she, um, she was a voice in The Rise of Skywalker at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but those and- were all voiced by actress Ashley Eckstein, Eckstein who, who voices her in all the shows and movies she's been in. So Yeah, I wonder if uh, she's bummed at all that she never got a call to possibly be the character. I, she doesn't look like a character much. I don't think so. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm looking her up right now. Yeah, I don't think, uh, unfortunately, when you go from a voiceover role to a on-screen role, you kind of got to match the look in some way, and I, I don't think that's happening here. Yeah, no. So, but I mean, that's just cool for fans of Rosario Dawson, who are, you know, fans of her from her Marvel work, from her earlier work in what clerks, you know, the nerd culture, really. Um, she's always been a proponent of comic book stuff, and I think she goes to every Comic Con, doesn't she? She's at a panel usually at every one of those. Things. Yeah, she's very she's very nerd centric uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, this is really cool because now, like, I don't have to worry about spoiling Ahsoka Tana really in general because uh, I was trying since I'm working my way through the Clone Wars, and you had told me that she uh, she uh, pops up in Rebels. We you can kind of make the conclusion that oh she she's not gonna die at the end of this uh, this new season of the Clone Wars. Unless it was a flashback. 
Yes, unless there's a flashback. But if she's going to be in The Mandalorian, The Mandalorian uh, proceeds or postseeds. I don't really know how the timeline, how you'd say that in the timeline, but The Mandalorian would be the most, uh, would be the oldest appearance of the character Ahsoka. So obviously she even survives through Rebels, even though I haven't seen Rebels. So it's cool that maybe we could kind of see a conclusion of her character in some way. Like, why haven't we seen her in any of the... um, in any of the Star Wars films? Why hasn't she popped up anywhere? Is she going to die in Mandalorian? Is she going to have like a happy ending? Like what has she been up to? So there's lots of, there's just lots of story points that they can touch on here. She has to learn how to be a force ghost at some point. Yes, that's true. That has never been touched in anything. Just want to go ahead and throw that out there. Um, She, you know, has a history with the dark saber, which we saw at the end of um, the Mandalorian season one. Uh-huh. And I think, did, have you got to that in the Clone Wars yet? The Darksaber? Uh, yes. Uh, I don't know if it, don't tell me if it does or doesn't, but it has popped up once for sure. I don't know if it pops up again, but yeah, I have seen the episode where they, uh, they're they doing all the uh, Mandalore stuff. Yeah, so um, um, so so she has a history with that. Um, would this also be a soft spot for her to get her own series? Oh, I didn't even think about that. It could be like a, um, uh, what do they call those, like a backdoor, a backdoor pilot, pilot, if yeah. you will. I mean, Rosario Dawson definitely has the star power to uh, pull off her own series. Uh, I think this would be a good testing ground. I also want to see how she's going to look on screen, too. The first thing that I thought of was just like, oh, is this going to be a full CG character? But then I just had to go visually uh, Google Ahsoka again so I could look at her. I was like, oh, uh, no, I'm stupid. She's a very humanoid character. She does not need to be CG. I could see them maybe doing some tweaking to the... I don't know. I don't know what you call the stuff on her head. It's like a flesh crown, which sounds really gross to say it that way. But she kind of has those like tentacle hair things yeah, coming off her head. Kind of like they're not quite tendrils, but yeah, the, the her race of people has those. Yeah, and they've had her race of people, I believe, yes. in the prequels. I don't know if it, uh, which uh, prequels that that character has shown up in, but this type of character has transcended to live action already. So this is all just very very cool news because uh, it's just showing. Uh, fans of Star Wars that the the Clone Wars storylines are very much appreciated. The character work that they did there, even though it was on basically a child show, it is strong enough to transcend to a very mature telling of Star Wars on a streaming service. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I I'm really excited for you to get finished so we can talk about more of that stuff. So uh-huh. um, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll wait for that. But I mean, I think this is a great casting news uh, report. You know, whatever it turns out to be. You know, Mandalorian season two, they're, they're hiring a bunch of, they always have a different director, big name director for each episode. They're, they're putting a lot of love into this show. So I'm, I'm glad to see they're continuing to do so. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about it on the show, but have you seen the really cool like projection room that they filmed the Mandalorian in? Uh, yeah. With, seen the, those with videos? the TVs. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. If nobody's seen this yet, I don't know where the video originates from. I don't know if it's a Disney plus, I think it's a Disney plus show that maybe talked about it and then the video just got clipped and put on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. But basically they filmed the Mandalorian in a soundstage, just like everything else uh, over at Disney is filmed in a soundstage, probably in Georgia somewhere. But they have this crazy like 360 room that they're in where like, I'm trying to find the best way to describe it, where like the floor that they're walking on has like real model. It has like rocks, it has like brush. It has things that the actors can interact with and lean against. But the walls are just this cylindrical just curved projection screen 
um, that has real-time lighting. So they don't have to like bring in a bunch of like LED uh, lights and try to fit the color tone to a desert. It's literally like the projection of like the desert that they've rendered, I think, in like the Unreal Engine. So they can like update and swap this stuff. If they want to put a rock in the horizon, they can just move it real-time. It's insane. You got to go look this stuff up. It's, yeah. it's nuts. So now that I know how they're making The Mandalorian, it just makes me want to rewatch the first season to see if I can kind of like spot like, oh, where they're doing these tricks. But yeah, the the Mandalorian has just aged with time, like a fine wine. I just I like the concept and everything about it even more. Yeah, all all six months it's been out. That yes, <laughs> a real really deep wine of, of six months old. But no, I'm excited for more of this. Um, you know, the Disney Plus original content seems to be very very strong. So for that. But speaking of streaming services that has strong content, uh, yes, people, I hear you. You want me to watch the Harley Quinn show on DC Universe? <laughs> we we hear you. The new trailer for season two has me sold a little bit more than any other trailer I've seen so far. Um, I, and I, Mike watched this beforehand, and he laughed very audibly at, at one point. Um, and he was like, can you guess which part I laughed at? I'm like, I know exactly which part. <laughs> um, but this show was raunchy, raunchier than I thought it was going to be. Uh, yeah, um, I've heard. Uh, I was kind of expecting the show to be more of like an adult action show. But from what I've been hearing from everybody, it's more of an adult humor show with a little bit of action uh, peppered in. So like I, I like I've said before on the podcast, uh, this I'm sure will drop on HBO Max day one. Uh, and I believe that's happening in May sometime. So we don't have DC Universe. I don't feel like paying for it, especially when it's all going to end up on HBO Max. But when it does, I, I love adult animation. I love uh, raunchy stuff. We were just talking uh, earlier before we started recording the show about our love for the movie uh, Dodgeball, which I forgot had a lot of really raunchy, dumb, stupid humor in it. So uh, I'm on a raunchy, dumb, stupid humor kick right now. So yeah, this trailer had one specific joke about a shark not understanding the human and Anatomy, which was a dumb but really smart joke at the same time so yeah. it seems like the people that are making the show are taking it kind of intellectually serious which yeah. which i like and she's got smashing blue balls and then i was like this is great i can i can probably get behind this so if this is the stuff they've been holding out on me on the trailers i'm kind of disappointed so um this season two is coming out april 4th which is a very short turn i've got um, since we've talked, Mike, we've on, we've been on the the air here about an hour, a little over an hour. Uh, this show's been added to Chris Flicks, if you will, so um, you can go catch oh, it there if you need hey to. Oh. I got you, fam. Um, but uh, yeah, there's that. I was gonna tie this into another show, but I also noticed that um, in terms of the DC world, the Flash was supposed to go into pre-production this week. And guess what's been postponed? <laughs> was uh, that the, you're talking about the film, right? Yeah, the film, the Flash. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, this this any anything DC related right now is just kind of not only does it suffer from what we didn't know to begin with, it's starting to suffer from everything else around it, yeah, and which is. A little unfortunate for them because they were on an upswing. I mean, they have an Oscar win, like a legitimate Oscar win. Yeah, I'm not talking about Suicide Squad, which got makeup. Which I'm not trying to, uh, not trying to punch down the very talented people that did the makeup on Suicide Squad. But uh, that doesn't mean you can go around touting around town that you have an Oscar-winning DC movie. But yes, you have a performance, an Oscar-winning performance in a DC movie, and now your steam has just kind of been just chopped out from underneath your legs. Yeah, exactly, and. Um, this movie has been through a lot of turmoil, right? It was supposed to be mm-hmm. tie into the Batman v Superman or the Justice League, whichever one had that weird scene that where he came back from the future, and I was like, "What the hell's going oh, on?" Oh yeah, here? that's right. I forgot about that um, weird part. And Ezra Miller, I think Ezra Miller's a great 
person as the Flash, right? Um, mm-hmm. He was even at the end of the most recent Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yes, his he, cachet is rising. He's in Harry Potter movies. Yeah. He's which he's is also walking, <laughs> He's walking like red carpets and Met galas and like crazy outfits. Uh, his, his brand is rising. <laughs> yeah, and um, so uh, this movie has gone through several directors, several writers. And we were like, great, it's going to do it. And then it's like, ah, delay. So I'm like, hopefully this is just a temporary thing and it picks back up. Um, and that we don't, it's not a prolonged delay again for The Flash. Um, for that. Wonder Woman 84 was a, a hot topic two days ago. Or maybe it was even yesterday, Mike. I don't remember. I think it was Friday. Uh, there was a big rumor that DC was contemplating just dropping it on a streaming service this summer instead of the theaters. Uh, it's coming out in June. However, all of Warner Brothers has pretty much come out and said, no, that is not what we're going to do with this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because it doesn't wow. make any sense to do so. Even if it had a month in the theater, it's still going to make a lot more money than dropping straight to digital. And I say yeah. this as a digital pirate, Mike. I, I have to be honest <laughs> here. Uh, I would I would try to add to my – I'd probably try to go see it, but adding it to my collection is just so much easier sometimes. Yeah. And also, not comparing this movie to uh, Black Widow just because it's two female-led superhero movies, but these are two big superhero movies in general that were coming out roughly around the same time. So if Marvel is okay with delaying it and and moving it down the line, I don't see why Warner Brothers wouldn't follow suit and just do the same thing with their big tentpole uh, summer movie here. Also, yeah, like it wouldn't make it wouldn't make any money. I think there's a chance that there's one studio out there who probably has a film that maybe they might be able to release it digitally, skip the theater altogether, and maybe get a really good box office return. I'm sure there's not a big record out there to break when it comes to video on demand. I'm sure somebody some somebody out there has the numbers. And if a big enough movie with a big enough brand ID went ahead and did that direction, they'll get their headline in the Hollywood Reporter and wherever else that, oh, so-and-so movie has the biggest uh, video on demand uh, release of all time. Is this what we're expected to see in, uh, in this quarantine yeah. outbreak? Is this the new normal? But no, it's just going to be a one-time thing. I don't think it's going to be repeatable. Um, and also, I've seen some people complaining about the the video on demand prices, which I thought, which kind of annoyed me a little bit. They're like, "Oh, what do you mean this movie that never hit theaters before? I have to pay twenty dollars to rent? Like, I can rent a movie for like four dollars on Amazon Prime." And she's like, "Well, yeah, that movie already ran through theaters. Like, do you it not understand that? Yeah. Do you not understand the millions of dollars that went into making this movie now has to recoup?" Uh, its entire production by video on demand there's going to be a premium for renting movies that have not been in the theaters before so i'm not looking forward to seeing all those annoying people complain on the internet about it like i saw the same thing with uh uh with bloodshot bloodshot is being released uh very very early i think it technically had a theatrical release but it was cut out about a week after uh because all the movie theaters closed and all the large markets you're you're Um, just cutting into my next topic mike here I mean, come on now, but no, I mean, I think, you know, this is a thing where we're going to like right now, this is a very weird two months, I think possibly three months for everything movie wise. Mm-hmm. But do you think, but I, I think, I think you're right. Wonder Woman 84 is a tent pole. The first movie did bonkers at the box office. It was a first good DC movie, right? 
that everyone mm-hmm. kind of agrees on. So I don't think they're gonna. They're, there's no way they would do it straight to digital. Yes. So this is a this is a, a unique and exceptional time that hopefully cross our fingers we will not experience again in our lifetime. Uh, so there's there's no reasons for entire studios to wholly upend their entire system, and it's a it's a very smart idea to maybe they're realizing there is a large benefit in having a streaming service at least so you have an option in mm-hmm. times like this because at least Disney has the option but yeah th- there's no reason to totally change the entire Hollywood uh, system the, just because of one uh, one quarantine but yeah. like I've said before I would love the opportunity to watch more movies from my home a lot sooner so maybe the big outcome of a quarantine is just the time between digital release and the time between it leaving theater well, is just shrinks even more it's it's showing us that we have the ability to put these things out on digital sooner rather mm. than go to the theater I am an old school person. I love going to the theater. I love the experience. I love the lack of distractions when I'm watching a movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's so easy to get you know caught up on, oh my phone or my text or you know, my watch is buzzing while I'm in the at home, and I really don't like to do that when yeah. I want to watch a movie. So. Yeah, and plus, there's there's no IMAX equivalent at home. I mean, yeah. we love to dog on we love to dog on the the movie Avatar, yeah. uh, the James Cameron blue one. But I mean, like, imagine seeing that movie for the first time at home. It just wouldn't have had the same impact. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, uh, you know, I really like taking my big jar of uh, pickled jalapenos uh, into the theater. I can't. You, I don't like to eat those. No, <laughs> keep your smelly snacks out of the theater, please. <laughs> okay, all right, fine. I'll do pickled onions next time. They oh, they got a little more color. They might glow in the I, dark. I like pickled onions. I don't think they stink as much, so yeah. that might be okay. Yeah, that's fine. But you bring up a good point here. There are movies releasing digital early, Mike, and I've got a list of some of them. Just as just some of them that we know right mm-hmm. now. This list is evolving, changing, adapting every couple hours it seems like uh, but the big ones are harley quinn and the birds of prey will already be on digital i think this this week by the 24th mm-hmm. so tuesday sure. yeah shortening the release window for them it doesn't seem as early just because uh i feel it, it seems like time is time is nothing but a construct and everything has been shifted and warped for some reason i feel like birds of prey came out like last fall but no it yeah. was earlier this year it was it was in february which was in the midst of the chinese area the china uh, I guess they're quarantined, they're coronavirus problems. Mm-hmm. They're, they're moving out of it now and we're moving into it. So, you know, to recoup a global box office, they might as well cut their thing short and just put it out for everybody for that. Also on Tuesday is Bloodshot, which I think did have a, it went up, it had one weekend that had like $10 million and that was it. I think the mm-hmm. theaters closed halfway through. So Bloodshot this Tuesday as well, Mike. Uh, you know, we talked about doing a review for this. I, I'd love to do a review. With this, yeah, I mean, it sounds like we're gonna have the opportunity to, to watch it now. So yeah, maybe we'll we'll throw up a nice uh, movie review for everybody stuck at home. Exactly. Uh, also, the week before that was the movie Onward, which is now on digital to buy. Yep, and I think if you just have a little bit more patience, I think if you just wait two more weeks, you can just stream it for free on Disney Plus, which I thought was pretty cool. We're starting to see. So this was a really large question. I had when Disney Plus was first released. I wanted to know when were these movies that hit theaters going to release onto Disney Plus? Like, you know, really how premium of a service is this? If we still have to wait the normal amount of time that we would have to wait for it to land on Netflix because Netflix had the Disney contract, you know, in years past, it does it makes Disney Plus feel less special because it's just the same as Netflix, but just Disney owns it, so their stuff goes there now. So it makes me wonder maybe moving forward, um, you know, the next uh, what's the other Pixar movie coming out this year? Isn't there Soul? another one? 
And, Soul, yeah. And I think so it's it makes in me, June as well. Yeah. So if Soul comes out, if Soul has like a normal release that's not tainted by uh, these uh, quarantines, you know, maybe the window from that coming out on Disney Plus will be much shorter. I would be okay with that evolution of Hollywood. Yeah. I, I and I definitely I would I would agree with that. Um, because I I'm gonna go. It's, it's, it's a tricky thing. I like having them on my collection. We, we've mentioned this, but I also like going to the theater. So I mean, if I'm gonna, if I really enjoy it, I'm gonna like it. I'm gonna do both. Um, so I'm, I'm doubling down, but there's some people who are going to do one or the other. So, um, I, I think having that option for, for everybody's a, a good thing all around. I think make bigger TVs cheaper, Mike. That's, that's how we do this. <laughs> also, I don't know. You've heard, I shared this with you, the Netflix app or plugin called watch party. It's a third party mm-hmm. unofficial plugin where you can create a party of, to watch the same Netflix with everybody at the same, it syncs all your accounts up on the same mm-hmm. thing. It's not. It's not. It's not a legally streaming thing. You're using your own accounts. Is pretty cool, and I wish we would have done that. We tried to do Pixels uh, that oh, one God. time, and that was a that was a nightmare to record a. a well, but a, at a, the same time, if you if you're doing it in a podcast format, you still need you still need a visual marker for people that may want to listen at home with you. So that's one thing that's difficult too. It's like okay, everybody hit play on the movie when yeah. you see this production logo. Right. Hit play now. So that's co- that's a co- that's a cool. Uh, it's a cool little plugin. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's browser only. It would be cool if Netflix made that feature real, so like I could like stream it normally through my Roku, and then you could watch it, you know, through well, your PlayStation or Xbox or well, however you watch. I wish they had this in VR. Like, Ooh, imagine cool. you and me and like our VR headsets, and like it shows like an avatar of each of us in this theater together, this room watching the television. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, that'd be. I think it'd be fun. I think that experience does exist, yeah. But you have to use like third-party like VR systems, and I think some of it's kind of locked off, depending on if you're like Oculus or Vibe, and you probably have to like buy or download a certain home theater app or whatever. But yeah, that's too. Con- and it, and it, things probably don't sync the same too. So yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot. Uh, probably everyone has to buy into it and everything like that. I just I wish it was easier. Uh, other than that, Sonic the Hedgehog is already coming out to digital, I think, early, early uh, later this month. I think the 31st hey, of this that's month. that's good news. I haven't seen the movie yet. I want to check it out. It's, it's the it's the, it's the the biggest box office uh, video game movie of all time, surpassing yeah. Detective Pikachu well, the, via the headline I read the other day. The domestic. <laughs> domestic only. Yes. Uh, so uh, people in Japan love their uh, Pikachus, for sure. Uh, Bad Boys for Life is also getting moved up a little bit, in case you were wanting to watch. This is confusing to me. It's not Bad Boys for Life. It's Bad Boys Three Life. Uh, <laughs> they, they had an opportunity for a better name here, and they didn't do it. So yeah. Well, I was actually surprised. Uh, I mean, before you know the pandemic ensued, Bad Boys actually had a really good box office run at the very beginning of the year. Uh, I think a lot of people were kind of apprehensive because it was a January released movie, mm-hmm. but apparently people liked it. Uh, yeah. People went and saw it, and it did good. Well, it's, so it's also um, a Bad Boys movie. So yeah, Bad Boys Three Life. Bad Boys Three Life. But on the other side of this coin, movies have been delayed, Mike. Other than Black Widow, other than the stuff we've talked about before, um, so far as June or July, maybe, Minions, The Rise of Gru has already been pushed back. Um, Ooh, and I think that's, that's like, to make room for all these upcoming movies that are being pushed back to summer. Yeah, maybe. I'm getting uh, – Chris, uh, everybody knows on the podcast we are very much in tune with, uh, with the Comic-Con scene. And the mothership of all Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, has still not made any official decisions on what they're going to do with their July comic convention. So they're probably doing exactly what we're doing right now is we're kind of looking 
looking at the landscape? How's how's it shaping up? Are people starting to cancel and move things around the summer? The summer is a really big question mark right now because we don't know how good we're going to do with the virus over the next couple of weeks. So, I mean, this isn't necessarily a good sign, but unless it goes the way that you're thinking, they're just moving it back to fit other things in the summer. Yeah. So I'm crossing my fingers that hopefully we get a normal 2020 summer. Uh, but I've already, there's also been rumors of floating around of maybe the Olympics getting postponed as well. So who knows, maybe we won't get our big summer movies this year. Yeah. Well, the, the hard part is with minions is it's a kid's movie. Kids are out of school in the summer. This is when you have mm-hmm. to take them to the movies, right? Uh-huh. So are they going to take a hit by doing that or what? So maybe save it for a holiday weekend, a long three-day weekend, something yeah, like that all, later? All I have to say is I don't really care too much yeah. for the Minions, so I, it's not the biggest deal for right. me. But but it's still a quote-unquote a tentpole overall, for yes. just not for us. Um, just like uh, Chris Rock's upcoming Spiral from the Book of Saw movie being pushed back as well. His uh, did, did you see reboot. the... Did you see the trailer for this? Yeah. I think the I think it came out a few weeks ago. I'm trying yeah. to remember. Was there any a, a somewhat forgettable trailer because it just kind of seemed like you know a uh, Chris Rock like in a, a cop car. Yeah, I was like, what's happening in this? It seems like maybe they're are they going to be spending more time outside in the open? I don't really know what's going on here. Yeah, but, uh, I, it doesn't. I don't know where it is or if it's even in the the Saw universe. But Chris Rock's taking his crack at this horror, revitalizing this horror franchise that had like 20 movies beforehand and. Um, it's been, Spiral, it's been pushed back as well. Saw is such a strange franchise. Uh, I mean, coming from my, my wife, who is terrified of scary movies, anything with like a ghost, anything possessed, creepy stuff, uh, bumps in the night. Uh, uh, but she body lo- horror. Ooh. But she loves the Saw movies, which yeah. is just crazy. So I'm, I'm sure she'll want to see this. Uh, I was going to look up. Uh, yeah, Lee Whannell uh, and James Wan did Saw. Uh, Lee Whannell, he did the Invisible Man movie that just came out and the Upgrade movie um, that I enjoy. And then uh, James Wan did Aquaman. So these guys have gone on to do great things yeah. from well, Saw. Also, but. Yeah. Well, also, speaking of uh, early released movies, uh, uh, Blumhouse is supposed to be putting a lot of early things out. I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast last week because, like you said, uh, the news is moving and evolving so quickly. But I believe The Invisible Man is also coming out yeah. soon on top of some other Blumhouse stuff that I'm not familiar with. But The Invisible Man yeah. is probably the most tendentially close to what we talk about here. Yeah, on the show. Invisible Man. There's some universal ones too. I just, uh-huh. I didn't know what they were. So, And lastly, Mike, I just want to put this out there because I know we really want video game movies uh, from Sony to be a thing. Uh, but Uncharted, the movie production, has been hit by a six-week delay. Oh, rough. After after however many delays it's already suffered, what's yeah, another six I weeks? Don't, yeah, I don't know if we ever got an official director back on this movie because for a while I was really hyped about it because uh, I'm a fan of the up-and-coming director Dan Trachtenberg. Uh, who worked on uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. He was originally attached to it, and then he's unattached to it. So I don't know who they're bringing yeah. on to this movie, but um, I love the Uncharted video game franchise. So I hope it I hope it gets what it deserves. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, if the movie ends up being bad, uh, just play the games because the games are amazing. Yeah, Ruben Flesher is currently d- the director. Um, mm. he was a, he's an EP on the Superstore TV series. Oh, well, I mean, that's a good TV series. Hopefully he can make a, the an efficient jump to the large box office. Oh, that's just his producer. He's got more producer than he did Zombieland and Zombieland Double Tap. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's Gangster Squad. He's got some stuff in there. So just want to throw that in there. But, Mike, that's it for the week. We know longer, not much news, but longer episode than usual because, you know, we know how to talk. 
Well, we're professionals, Chris. Like we said, this is a hobby, but we are professionals. Professionals in our professional studio environments where we record these <laughs> shows every week. Uh, if people want to know what you're up to, how you're uh, getting by uh, on the, the, the quarantine, uh, how can they find you this week? Oh, it's very easy. All you got to do is follow me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, seeing if you're touching doorknobs or not, where can they find you? I'm not touching those doorknobs. I'll lick them, but I won't touch them. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. Someone tagged me in a really fun thing about tag your five uh, GIF and and five other people from your favorite movie get from your favorite movie and five other people so i tagged some people i tagged you in it this week um i really enjoy uh, the grand budapest hotel so if someone hasn't watched that yet please that tag is a little bit more fun than the other one that's going around which is c20 do 20 which is where you have to do 20 push-ups if somebody tags you in it so uh maybe uh <laughs> yeah maybe uh, i'll i'll do the movie how, how about watch 20 <laughs> movies tag 20 movie or something yeah. I don't know. or do it, five let's just swap it do five push-ups watch 20 movies yeah, I'll, I'll take that uh you can also head over to instagram volume 87 or also head over to comic ui where i've been posting some news about stuff as, they, as these things have been unfolding lately uh if people want to know more about our show where they can listen to more episodes uh where can they find us at Oh, it's so easy to do. Just visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to see what we talked about here. You know, I realized the other day, every week I tell people to go to the website to check out the show notes. But depending on the podcast app you're on, I believe you also get these show notes right within the little info tab yep. on your little podcast. So uh, if you can't get to a web browser very quickly, uh, you can get this right in your uh, awesome little uh, podcast app. So um, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, YouTube. YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you love to listen to podcasts. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. Uh, we want to know how you're surviving the quarantine. What stuff are you catching up on? Uh, you know, is there anything out there that's uh, that's uh, that's your that's your Westworld to me? Like it was something that I, I, I let kind of fester on a shelf for a while, then I got back to it and I really liked it. Uh, it was like making a good cheese. It got better the longer I waited. Uh, uh, what show are you finally looking forward to getting back? and uh, watching. We'd love to hear from you. And we love our uh, super fans of this show. And I'll say it again, just like I said it last week, if you want to be a super fan of this show, all you have to do is wash your damn hands and we will be here every week. Including next week. We'll see you then. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe. My reputation is on the line. (laughs) There you go. Chris's re- Chris's pirating reputation is on the line in these trying times. <laughs>